the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. In fact, our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe we were made to have a life full of meaning and purpose that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts every area of our lives. River City is come as you are and has a relaxed, casual feel with practical teaching, inspirational worship, and age-appropriate ministry for the whole family. We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Rotama Park. Our current service times are 9.30 and 11.30 Sunday mornings. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the road to real life. This is Sean Azaro, and you are listening to Reaching for Real Life. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro, Baron Wiley. Sean, I got some news for you, my friend. Oh. Right now, it's 55 degrees in Chicago. Mm. It's almost the same temperature it's been in San Antonio here. I know. Lately. I know. We've had an unseasonably cool spring. Yeah, it's been very nice. Uh, I'm going. I'm going on Friday. Why are you Coming going to back Chicago? Up, my daughter's going to college. I'm going to be in your old stomping grounds. We're oh, going to man. see a Cubs game. Awesome. Have you been to a Cubs game? Of course I have. have and you went to your first Bears game? Uh, this, this last year. Your last year with game? my uh, son, Ryan. Yes, we right. went. Any advice uh, for going to attack the Cubs game? Uh, no, no, just you, you ride public transportation. You drive, take the L yeah. down there and go to Wrigley Field. It's a great historic park. It's a great place to watch a game. Great people. Uh, have a great time. I'll do that. I'll be thinking about you the whole time. Oh, thank you. Thank, <laughs> get some, eat some good food. Avoid any unrest. You know, you've seen there's some crazy unrest no right joke. downtown in the Loop, right in Michigan Avenue and place like that. Yeah. It's, a, it's just a couple blocks away from where my, my daughter's staying. It, yeah, it's no, real. That's, that's, yeah, that's real. And that's... Uh, that's horrible. What's happening to my home city, where I, you know, my family's from, or I grew up, and just it's tragic. They tragic. Got, they, they got rid of the old mayor, and the new one comes in, and he's worse. Yeah, well, yeah. It's when you're. A f- f- I'm. I'm sorry. I know. We talk about issues, political and moral issues. We try not to get real political, but when you got these cities where the the Democratic Party's been locked in and entrenched for years, and when you have platforms like defund the police, yeah. and you you make kind of the actual government be against the police they're they're there to enforce the laws it's like what could go wrong well that's what could go wrong yeah and so that's a drag they usually keep those kind of areas they keep the tourist areas uh laurie and i were there last year and talking to different people and they said well the the tourist areas the police presence is there because they don't want to upset you know the tourism right. but they go you go in some of the outskirts around downtown and it's pretty tough, yeah, pretty rough, and it's just sad. It's unfortunate that people have to live like that. That government, one of the core functions of government, is to keep the peace, mm-hmm. right? 
And when that core function is just kind of put aside, it's like, okay, well, then where do we go from there? Yeah, it almost like so, seems like they got permission from the mayor to go tear it up. Well, yeah, it, it feels like it. And, and even in his statements, the, the new mayor, his statements regarding, hey, we don't want to castigate these kids. And, you know, it's like, okay, yeah. if, if you're not willing to call things wrong and willing to punish those who do wrong, then how do you possibly keep the law? So yeah. anyway, th- that's kind of a downer on your trip. I'm, no. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. I'm walking into the battlefield there. <laughs> Be careful up there, <laughs> Thank okay? You. Thank you, Pat. Uh, Appreciate your th- prayer. There's still great food. Uh, eat some good food. Yeah. Walk up Lake Michigan. Uh-huh. It's beautiful. You know, great stuff. Awesome. And Soldier Field, are they are they tearing it down? Are they building this new stadium next to it? I can't. Oh no, See no, no, no. They they bought a piece of property in Arlington uh, Arlington Heights. Oh, okay. Where the Arlington Park racetrack was. They bought that property. So it's uh it's gonna be a whole center, you know, and it's a much more property. Yeah, there's just not room down there to do much more around it. You know, the city of Chicago would love to keep the bears in the city. Arlington Heights is right outside of Chicago. So you know, it's like in Dallas, you know, you're not that you go see Dallas Cowboys, you're not in Dallas, right, you're right. in Arlington, right? So si- thing. similar thing. Yeah. I gotcha. Uh I know that uh, probably Bud Light's a big sponsor uh, <laughs> of the NFL. You keep it up with this at all? Yes. Have you boycotted yes. Bud Light, Pastor Sean? <laughs> For other reasons. <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> you don't like that. You don't drink that, do you? I, I, I actually... Why you got to be the way you are? I, I actually will occasionally have a Bud Light. Oh, really? Occasionally have a Bud Light. Blech. You know, I, I, I'm trying... It's the, it's the carbs. Is it? Why would you risk the carbs? Uh, no, they, they stepped in it a little bit, didn't they? A little bit. Yeah. And, and they're not alone. I mean, they're the next group that, you know, the conservatives boycott, if you will, just like... Disney and just like, you know, the NFL, the NBA, does this strategy work? Well, that's a really interesting question because is it a boycott? Is it a, it has some national Christian leader or national conservative leader said, we must all boycott or have lots of conservatives said, um, you know what, if you're going to take uh, Dylan Mulvaney, this obviously flamboyant trans man who, who, okay, you say you identify as a woman. Why is it a young, why is it, why you identify as a silly teenage girl? Right. <laughs> because I, I look at grown women, they don't act like that, right. you know? So Bud Light puts Dylan's face on a can and then they advertise that and they make him a spokesperson to try to reach a new, a new group. How insane is that? Mm-hmm. I mean, know your, know your audience, know your core constituency, right? right? It shows how far corporations are afraid of offending the woke and how much they're trying to be seen as, look, we're with it. We're in the woke stream. And uh, I, I hope it does backfire on them, you know. And I, wait, in regards to boycotts, are boycotts effective? Uh, they can be. Mm-hmm. But uh, is it boycotters? People just saying, yeah, if you, that's what you're about, I'll buy a different product. Yeah, People have a right to do that. What's funny to me is how much the, the mainstream media is talking about, oh, those aren't effective. Those aren't effective. Why are you talking about then? Why even worry about it? I honestly think that when when companies choose to do that and they choose to take sides in such a contentious moral debate, mm-hmm. then you should expect the fallout. And um, you know, I, I just this this the trans movement to so many people. I I watched a video clip of a it was a classroom with kids and this you know trans author was reading the book and doing doing stripper moves and shimmy and having the kids get up and do these shimmies and stripper yeah. moves on the 
this is diabolical. Mm -hmm. This is child abuse. And the fact that, that you and any rational person would go along with this is just how beaten down and weak have we become? Because you have to know there's lots of people who won't say anything because they don't want to offend, but they look at that and go, Oh my gosh, that's insane. Mm. Well, sensible, rational, moral people have to just stand up and say, no, say no. And we, as Christ followers, we just have to recognize that what that is all about. And we just have to call it evil and we have to stand against it. And we have to be unashamed to do that. Well, you're, you said the word moral a couple of times in there, and I'm kind of thinking the pendulum swings the way it does there. You, and it reminds me of the old moral majority there with Falwell, I guess, back in the day where we had, quote, the moral majority to say, hey, we are going to stand up and say it. And that disappeared, and now we're all woke. Well, it's the – and again, I'm not proposing. I'm not sitting and saying, hey, the way we should bring Christian, Christianity into the culture is through legislation and through our voting block and things like that. I'm not saying that at all. Yeah. I think the only way we advance our faith is through changing human hearts, and only the Holy Spirit can do that. We share the gospel. We live as Christian community. We reach out to share the love of Christ with people, and then he changes hearts. That's up to God. I I do believe, though, that simply saying what is true, Mm -hmm. speaking what is true, and standing up for what is true, and when I say standing up, I mean just refusing to go along. Um, We talked about it before. Solzhenitsyn wrote, live not by lies. Mm -hmm. Refuse to live by lies. Okay, I will not pretend that a man is a woman or a woman is a man. I'm not going to pretend that. Whether it's gender dysphoria, which is a, a mental disorder, a well-established mental disorder, or, I mean, there's even other things going on there, sexual fetishes. There are all kinds of things being brought into this, being trying to be pushed as, oh, no, that's healthy, normal living, and it's not. Mm-hmm. And so when we see this stuff pushed on kids through treatments and hormone treatments and surgeries and what we're socializing with, it's like that's child abuse. Mm -hmm. And godly people need to be the first to say, no, no, that is not normal. That is not right. Well, you said child abuse. It it reminds me, too, of, of, again, in that category of, you know, go woke or go broke. You know, Disney was on the radar for Christians a lot. When we went to Disney World, took our kids, uh, trans person, checked our bags before we went in. That was the... When you walk in the door, Mickey and Minnie right now are wearing rainbow colored, you know, they're all, all in Yeah, and they're killing it. Well, Baron, that, again, at some point people are going to figure out and say no mm-hmm. and just say, I'm not going to put my money in that. And who cares if it's, if it's a boycott, whatever it's a free country, is right. it? Or, or are now people forced to buy Bud Light and go to Disney and shop at certain stores. You see, that's how ridiculous it's gotten. It's become mm-hmm. authoritarian. And, and all this, when all the media all speaks out and people all against something, then, then you should go, Hey, wait a minute, something's going on there. Yeah. Maybe there's something to that. So if people just choose to say, look, you know, if you drink beer and you go, Hey, I'm not going to drink a beer. That's, that's choosing that person as a spokesperson. And that's going to push that agenda. Then I'm like, Hey, more power to you. You, you, you do you. And, uh, you know, as followers of Christ, obviously, we're we're dealing with a whole different arena. We're praying. We're recognizing that, you know, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities, and rules of the air. This is a spiritual Mm. battle that is just coming out in the open. And it's like, can you imagine even 10 years ago? We we would not have imagined that we are where we are today. Well, anyway, well, thanks for sharing your, your take on that, Pastor Sean. It's a take. It was from the hip. <laughs> a take. <laughs> it's good. Hey, Pastor Sean, as I was getting ready for today's program, I was kind of look, looking at the headlines like we do, and I uh, was surprised to see a couple of things that had something in common here. Rick Warren, 
uh, out of Saddleback Church in uh, Southern California, uh, is dealing with an autoimmune disease and as he's continuing his ministry. Right. And then Albert Moeller was hospitalized with, with blood clots. I mean, you know, hey, aren't Christians, aren't we supposed to be healed and live forever and everything's fine? Well, that's a really, that's a, you know, you, you say that. And, and a lot of people, a lot of people think that uh, this just in Lazarus just died again too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, that's, that's to the point. Yeah. Right. Um, Lazarus, Jesus not only healed, he literally raised him from the dead, but yet Lazarus died. Right. 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 Healing. And it is not a way to avoid physical death. Mm-hmm. And I think a whole lot of people, when they see, and it's, you know, a lot of people look at someone well, like Rick Warren, oh my gosh, why, why does he have an automobile? How could God let that happen to such a, a godly guy? Um, we live in this flesh, mm-hmm. and sickness is part of living in this flesh, and dying is a part. And there are some people who make this very bold, kind of name it, claim it, faith statement. No, no, no. If you're a Christian, you should never be sick. You should never face sickness. And I'm like, I don't see that in Scripture. Yeah. Or the, what sin is in your life? I've heard that it, one. It, yeah, exactly. Uh, or, or boy, you just don't have faith. Mm-hmm. You just don't have faith. All the reasons that that you should just be, you should just be always healthy. You should always be happy, and everything should be going in your life: prosperous, happy, healthy. And I'm just saying that's not the New Testament I read. Mm-hmm. The fact is, um, sin is a part of this world, and even if we have been saved and redeemed and set free, filled with the Spirit, this flesh of ours is decaying. Mm. You know, this is an earthen vessel, the scripture says. This this idea that there's never going to be any sickness, you know. And I think of Rick Warren and it, you know, I'm, I've read this this autoimmune disease is painful. Yeah. Painful disease and I, my heart just goes out to him and my prayers go out to him. Um he's done a ton for the body of Christ. Uh his work, first purpose driven church and then purpose driven life was transformative mm-hmm. for for leaders, pastors and then people all around the world. And yet He's struggling with something. And, you know, what's interesting is we think of the Apostle Paul saying, you know, I prayed to the Lord three times and asked him to remove this thorn in the flesh. And we don't know what it is. You know, some people said it was an eye disorder, whatever. Um, But God's answer was, my grace is sufficient for you. My Mm -hmm. strength is made perfect in weakness. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, this idea that, well, you're a good Christian with good faith, you should never have sickness. That's just not a biblical idea. I always thought, what if Paul actually had a thorn in his flesh? I got this big, huge thorn. <laughs> Can someone help me? <laughs> Thank you for adding to the seriousness of this discussion. <laughs> of course you thought yeah, that. That's where, that's where I was going. Uh, well, Pastor John, also this kind of just in breaking news today, on my way over here, I learned that uh, Pastor Charles Stanley passed away. So not mm. only was he sick, yeah. he's no longer on the earth. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the, the reality is, as we think about sickness, as we think about death, and um, again, I hadn't heard that. You, you shared that with me when you came in the studio today. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm sorry for the family of Charles Stanley. Charles Stanley, he's with Jesus. Amen. You know, and you may have loved his ministry. You may have not loved his ministry. He lived in a public spotlight, uh, did a lot of great things, taught a lot of great things, you know, had some areas where, where there were at least things reported of public stumbles and things like that. Um, I don't know about all that. I know he professed faith in Jesus Christ. I know he put his hope in Christ and I know he lived his life to serve and follow Christ. He's in the Lord's presence. Mm. And so we got to understand, we look at everything as though physical life here on earth is everything, Yeah, you know, and Oh, if someone died, it's over, it's tragic. And we're believers. We of all people should know 
man. Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians 15, this life is all we have. If there's no resurrection, then we of all people are most to be pitied. Yeah. Our hope is in the resurrection. We just celebrated, you know, a week and a half ago, we celebrated Easter, mm-hmm. the resurrection. You know, Charles Stanley is experiencing the resurrection of the part of him that lasts forever, his soul. Yeah. And whether in this body we're decaying, and I'm telling you, okay, I'm 61 years old now. Mm-hmm. I feel some of that decay. <laughs> yeah, really? You know? Yeah. For the first time in your life type type of thing, like, hey, I don't run as fast. I mean, physically. Oh, uh, it, it's all kinds of things. Yeah? Y- yeah, I definitely don't run as fast. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's just, I, and I'm one who, I'm not... Like, my wife's very aware of her body, and if she feels a little pain, you know, she's kind of like the princess in the pee. Any little things, she notices it, and it it bothers her, and she's got to get it corrected. Um, I don't. Mm -hmm. I'll just be going along, and all of a sudden, why am I limping? Yeah. Because I'm in pain. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And and I'm not thinking about it. It's not stopping me from doing anything, but it's just like, I'll get up in the morning and go, whoa, that used to be so much easier. Yeah. You know, Um, I, I... I, you know, I still occasionally get a chance to play polo. I grew up playing polo. That was a sport I played all growing up. I was going to be a professional, but the Lord mm-hmm. called me to ministry. You know, I get a chance to go play. It. Uh, I feel that. I bet you. I have to prepare. I have to make sure I'm exercising and I'm ready to go. And even then, because, you know, the speed that we play at, oh, the horses, yeah. the whole thing, It. Uh, I'll feel it for a yeah. few days after that. It's just different. There might be wisdom in planning your last uh, polo game there, Pastor John? Because usually those don't end well when, it, when, it's, when someone else decides it's your last polo game, you know? Yeah. Well, that's a great point. <laughs> Pastor John, can I talk just a little bit more about that? Because, hey, you know, when we were all 30, we were invincible, you right. know? And now, again, the flesh, we're decaying, we're dying. As soon as we're born, we're busy dying, right. says Bob Dylan. And we're just, we're going to see fewer sunsets than we did in yep. the first half of yep. our life. So preparing for eternity right now well interesting that's a great that's a great perspective um i remember i had a a young man in my youth group uh his name was josh dawson great kid uh his family were good friends his dad was pastor um just wonderful mom and his brother and him and josh ended up coming up with a a cancer Mm. and Actually, the medical group that was caring for him missed it on an x-ray, and so it got farther than it needed to go. Mm-hmm. And Josh was dying of cancer. And I, well, Lori and I had already moved back here. This was years ago. Um, and so I flew back to California to see Josh. And I walked up the stairs to his room, and I, I had been his youth pastor, you know, and we had stayed in touch. And I walk up the stairs and I'm like, okay, Lord, how am I going to encourage him? How am I going to cheer this kid up? And it's so tragic. It's so hard. I go into his room and it was like this holy presence. Mm. Josh had been, I mean, he was, he had been in the presence of Jesus and he was already in eternity. Mm-hmm. We talked and and he said, you know, I, I hope I'm healed. My family's praying for healing. I'm praying for healing. I hope God does that. But if he doesn't, I'm going to be with Jesus. And so he literally was embodying in his attitude and in his speech, I could see it in his eyes, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Mm. You know, whether I stay, it's to the benefit of my family and my friends, but if I go, I'll be with Jesus. And I realized he's already in eternity. Wow. And then, then it dawned on me, so am I. You know, you mentioned how when we're in our 20s, we, we're invincible. 
we think we are. We're not, right. but we think we are. Right. We think we've got forever. We push eternity. We push forever out of, the, out of our mind. But the fact is, we're all here for a time. And it's appointed a man wants to die after this, the judgment. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, understanding as believers, understanding that we are created for eternity. And that eternity starts, eternal life starts not when I die. It starts the minute mm. I surrender my life to Christ and I'm filled with the Spirit. I am now in eternity. I'm walking in eternal life. So that's a very, you know, so when you think of, okay, do I change my way of thinking as I get older? I'm probably more aware of it, mm. but I hope no different. I'm, I'm in eternity. None of us are guaranteed tomorrow. If you're listening to this and you're 20 years old, you might be, I got forever. Well, you know empirically you know that may not be true okay i have no guarantee i'm going to make it home tonight right that's just the way the world is that's the way life is what i know is if i go home tonight if i pass if i have a car accident on the way home if i die in my sleep tonight i'm going to wake up with jesus Mm -hmm. and so i am already living in eternal life that's uh, that's awesome, Pastor Sean. It's a piece of passes understanding, I think, is what you're kind of talking about. Yeah, well, I mean, Tim Keller is also mm-hmm. struggling with uh, oh, severe yeah. cancer and has been. And to, you hear him talk about that. You hear him, and, and it's like, okay, there's someone who understands the reality that this flesh of ours is temporary. This is a temporal house. It's a, Paul calls it a tent, mm-hmm. this tent we're living in. Um, it's a temporary dwelling. And living in that mindset, that's why when Jesus talked about he's coming again, when he talked about it could be any time, um, he, he wanted us living with this perspective of this physical world is not all there is. Mm-hmm. There's more. And he wanted our minds and our hearts, like it's like one eye on the world around us and the other on eternity because eternity is real. It's the deeper reality. You know, in Hebrews 11, we're told the things that are seen did not come out of this physical world, but out of the unseen. The unseen is the original. Yeah, It's where everything came from. And I think we get that backwards sometimes. Awesome. That's huge. I mean, it makes your brain explode when you just think about eternity. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Hey, uh, Pastor Sean, uh, I love you. I appreciate your heart and for, for inspiration. If I'm listening right now and I don't know where I'm going in eternity... Right. Talk to me. What's the answer? Well, if you don't know where you're going, I, I, I want to say you can. Mm. You can. The, the, I think a key is that you, you have a hunger and a desire. You, you want something more. You, you have a hunger and a desire to know God. You want what he has for you. You want the life that he's created you for. And if so, he has made that available. Yes. The, the reason that we don't know, the reason for the uncertainty is that Scripture says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means you and me. And it tells us the wages of sin is death. So we have a just and right death penalty awaiting us because of our sin. Fortunately, that passage in Romans 6 doesn't stop there. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. He paid the penalty on the cross for your sins and mine. He made, he satisfied justice on our behalf so that we could be set free. And so I I just want to say, you know, you can accept Jesus right now. You can be filled with his spirit, forgiven of your sin, and know with certainty that you're going to be with God. In fact, let me pray with you right now. You're listening to this. Let's just take a moment and pray. Uh, Again, there's no magic in these words, but if this is where your heart is and you pray this to him, you will be saved. Here's Here's what we ask. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the cross. And I just pray that right now you forgive my sins. Lord, I'm a sinner. Without you, I am lost. But Jesus Christ paid the penalty 
for my sins on the cross, and I thank you for that. I ask that you forgive me of my sins. I ask that you, that his sacrifice would be on my behalf and would, would, would wash me clean. Lord, and I pray that you would now fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with your spirit and lead me now in, in each and every day. I want to live for you. I want to follow you. I want my life to re- be for your glory and to reflect the image of Jesus. Thank you for salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. If you prayed that prayer, the scripture says you are a new creation. You are a new creation. You are forgiven and set free. I want to encourage you, uh, begin to follow Jesus. That starts with reading the word, Pastor Sean. So if I got this thing called the Bible, where do I start? <laughs> uh, you start, I, I I would recommend you start. The book of John is a great place to start. Mm-hmm. In one of the gospels, you, it's the life story of Jesus. Um, you know, go to reallife.org. We have a Bible reading plan there. We have a, a tutorial um, on how to read the Bible. Um, we'd love to help you. If you're in the San Antonio area, come to River City Community Church. We're on Lookout Road right across from Atama Park. Um, we'd love to help you on this journey of faith and help you begin to follow Jesus. Well, we welcome you to the family of God. All the angels in heaven rejoice with you. And uh, and with that, Pastor Sean, speaking of family, I think you uh, started a new series on family. I did. I did. And we got up to a great start. The series is called uh, No Place Like Home. Yeah. And we're, you know, people are so afraid about family and the, the things that kids are being bombarded with and parents are confused. What should I believe? What should I do? Well, we're talking about what the scripture says and the scripture gives us incredible and powerful guidelines and teaching and life-giving um, instruction on how to carry out our family. So I encourage you, 930, 1130, River City Community Church, we'd love to have you. And uh, I just pray the Lord leads you as you follow him this week. Amen. Pastor Sean, anything else before we wrap it up? I think that's it, man. Hey, have a great week. God bless. I hope to see you Sunday. Three O Two Books, a division of Salem Media Group, presents a Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life: Rediscovering the Gift of the Spirit, authored by Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Growing up in and around Pentecostal churches, I really learned to appreciate the role of the Spirit in the life of the believer. But I also saw what I considered to be imbalance and excess in some of our churches when it came to how we taught about the infilling. Now available at Amazon.com, Sean Azaro shares his most requested teaching and radio broadcast series in a devotional form, encouraging you to embrace the Spirit-filled life. I wrote in a devotional style to encourage readers to examine the Scripture with fresh eyes and make room for the Lord to speak about the role of the Spirit in our lives. The goal of the whole book is to simply make you hungry for more of the Spirit. Order your copy of A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life by Sean Azaro today at Amazon or reachingforreallife.org. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.